Well, I suppose we should get going. All right, everybody, stay right where you are. Get the hell out of here. No, you stay here. You gotta get going, so go. I'm sorry you came. Time now for stay. Nobody got a gun to your head. Or go. I'll be back. I want you to stay. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards, available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. Uh, it's time for Stay or Go, Dave. It's uh, it's a little bit that we do after every single Maple Leafs game. Some things we liked from the game, some things we want to see go from their game. Uh, but last night was a, a pretty sound performance, so I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of goes. Uh, so why don't we start there, I suppose, because one of the big things, I guess, that, that we've got to talk about as as the goes was something we were chatting about with, with Carlo, and that was the whole linesman dispute with Michael Bunting, Dan Kelly, shoving Bunting down the tunnel. Um, I think we have a, a clip from last night, Darren Dreger, and he was kind of talking about it and what he thinks of the interaction and what the league thinks. So why don't we play that uh, clip right here? Well, they don't love it. I mean, that's pretty obvious. And nor would Stephen Wacom, who's the head of officiating. This is Dan Kelly, uh, a young linesman, relatively new to the National Hockey League. That is aggressively forcing Michael Bunting off the field of play, right? But that was part of a skirmish at the end of the first period. So what happens next? I, I doubt that anyone should expect a level of discipline to mm-hmm. Dan Kelly from an NHL perspective. I'd be surprised if there isn't an apology from Dan Kelly to Michael Bunting saying, I was a bit overzealous there. And most definitely there'll be a conversation between Wacom and Dan Kelly. We're used to seeing the emotion yeah. in a game between Toronto and the Tampa Bay Lightning, mm-hmm. just not involving an official. So I think that we can all agree that, uh, you know, altercations like that, those can go. Um, But we'll see what ends up coming of Dan Kelly. I don't think it'll be anything, you know, more than maybe a little slap on the wrist. Hey, don't do that again. No, young official, right? He's only been in the game, I think I saw, since 2001. He's been a professional. 2021. 2021. 2021. He's been a professional official, so still early in the game. And, hey, I mean, he was a feisty guy when he was playing, you know, back in the American League, right? So. Yeah. Sometimes you got to rein in those emotions. You have that chat. I'm sure there'll be an apology. Hey, man, that's my bad. Maybe there was out there, like, after the second period. Maybe there was some sort of chat. But um, certainly, you know, we don't need to see that type of stuff. Just limits. No. Limit what could have happened, I suppose. Well, exactly, exactly. Like it's 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 just be more professional, like Dan. Yeah. And you you always wonder about the the backstories of these these types of interactions because, you know, you know Michael Bunting has made a lot of enemies on the ice. He's played in the AHL. Dan <laughs> Kelly was a longtime AHLer. Heck, yeah. Dan Kelly played. They played against Sheld- each other. Yeah, they played against each other. And Dan Kelly played for Sheldon Keefe when you know Sheldon Keefe was an assistant coach with the Pembroke Lumber Kings way oh. back in the the mid two thousands. And uh, and Dan Kelly was an aspiring hockey player back then in 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 you know the the low junior ranks. So you just never know what's going on here. But clearly there was something a little more than professional going on there because that was not yeah. a professional moment by Dan Kelly. You know what I find hilarious about this? Yesterday, we were on the show talking about the Kale McCarr thing, and you know, in his comment, he was like, yeah, I saved the ref from a little bit of a media skirmish, I suppose. And then the very next day, this is what's like leading all sports radio here in Toronto is Dan Kelly, the official. Yeah. And what went down, it's just really funny um, when you juxtapose the two nights. Uh, something that you want to see go from last night, though, Dave. 
What do I want to see go? I want to see John Cooper's lack of respect for the Maple Leafs go. Uh, you know, we 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 played the clip. Let's oh, and let's play the some of the John Cooper post game sound if we got it. As I said to the guys, I I don't know what part of the game they reinvented that uh, <laughs> had us perform like that, but it was. Uh, I don't know, note to self, don't come to Toronto three days before the game. That was painfully evident because uh, we uh, we definitely did not show up tonight. So I've heard, Al's brother, I've heard coaches complain about scheduling disadvantages, like coming into Toronto the second night of a back-to-back. Like, that's pretty disingenuous to say we had a bad game because we were in Toronto for three days before the game. Like, we were yeah. too rested. Like, come on, man. This isn't exactly like Las Vegas. It's not party central. You play in Tampa, which is a party town. Right. Uh, the idea that living in, being in Toronto for a couple of days was the reason you lost that game is it, it stretches credulity in a big way. And it, and it just makes it, if you're a Leaf fan, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard to take John Cooper seriously sometimes. I'm honestly not surprised, though, because this, is, this has become a pattern for John Cooper. Pre-game, he's all flowers. He's talking up the Toronto Maple Leafs, talking up you know Austin Matthews. It's incredible. He's going to score 71 day. And then they go and the team loses, and now he's kind of backed into a corner. And instead of giving the Leafs credit, flowers, for the way that they performed, he always talks about his own team not performing. Never says, hey, the good, that team played well tonight. They're the better squad. Never. Even after game no. one of the playoffs last year, he just said, we didn't show up tonight. Didn't give credit to how well Toronto played. Killing off, what was it, a five-man uh, penalty after the Cal Clifford thing in game one of the playoffs. That's right. That, that set up that monstrous game one. Didn't credit them for that. Instead, he just talks about how poorly his team played without actually you know, saying Toronto did their thing well. I agree. It's it's really become a, a pattern in John Cooper's game. He's a wordsmith. He, he He's a troll. For Toronto yeah. fans, he trolls well, Toronto. He's good it at makes, it. He really is. He's pretty good. It makes you wonder. It makes you wonder if maybe Sheldon Keefe got outfoxed by relaying to the media after the Maple Leafs were eliminated <laughs> about the respect in the handshake line that he got from from John uh, Cooper and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Because guess what? You can't take anything John Cooper says at face value. Yeah, isn't he like a former lawyer or something? Like, oh I yeah. Thought, Oh yeah, so he he's 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 good with his words. He knows what he's doing. Everything he says is is he's with a purpose. Yeah. All no right, doubt. let's get to let's get to some states because there's a lot more states. It was a great game, right? Four one win. Toronto in control for a majority of that game. Maybe you know six minutes or so in that third period. Tampa was pressing, but Toronto for the most part very stingy defensively. I thought um, yeah. they only allowed six slot shots. In the entire game, compared to Toronto's 23, they held Tampa to just 38% um, ozone entry rate success. So they did a good job of not allowing Tampa to break into the zone and set up. And just in general, like what was it, 10 minutes through the first period, um, at some point where they they didn't allow a single shot on goal. Yeah. And I just think that Toronto is really bought in defensively, um, and, and just you know let's let's have that stay right, that stingy diesel right. play, keep it up. Totally. I mean, that's the you know to hold Tampa to nineteen shots. Tampa, that's, that's, Tampa, that's Tampa, Tampa to nineteen shots. It was eight shots through two periods. Just an incredible performance. Kept into your point. Kept them out of the middle. Then a lot of the shots were from the perimeter. Not not threatening at all. Matt Murray did not have a, you know any heavy lifting at all. 
And uh, no, it's it's very impressive. That was Tampa's lowest shot total of the season going back, I believe, wow. uh, to November 2021. So it's a, that, no one's done that to Tampa is what we're trying to say here. And the Leafs did it to him last night. There you go. There you go. Uh, another thing that I, I, I wanted to mention as one of my stays was just Michael Bunting being uh, being a factor throughout the yes. entire game, right? Whether it was being the Energizer Bunny, giving energy to his line, to his team, um, you know, making smart plays, scoring the goal, the first goal of the game on a beautiful one-timer that he unleashed, and, and it was his 100th point of his career. Not a bad way to hit 100 points in your career in the National Hockey League with a nice little one-timer top yeah. corner on Vasilevsky to, to get your team off to a one nothing lead. That was a world-class one-timer, and I, I liked all of that stuff. And I, I think Austin Matthews put it well. He called, he called his teammate Michael Bunting a beast out there, and he was. Yeah. Like he, was he was a beast, and he was a pest. And the other thing about mm-hmm. him, the other thing I really like and I think is, is vital, and one of the reasons that he got demoted earlier in the season because he wasn't kind of doing this enough early in the season uh, to Sheldon Keefe's liking, and, and Sheldon Keefe certainly made that known, was that he's he's drying the anger of of the opponent, right? You saw Sergachev just got fined five thousand bucks for a pretty cheap slash <laughs> to the hand of Michael Bunting behind the play. Uh, we saw Nikita Kucherov bury Michael Bunting into the boards uh, yeah. with full view of Michael Bunting's numbers, by the way, and only draw a two minute interference penalty when really that should have been a boarding call. Oh, absolutely, no doubt about it. And, and really, it's the second time that Kucherov's done that to a Maple Leaf. Uh, in recent memory, of course, getting Justin Hall on a very similar play uh, in a previous meeting. So, But Bunting is leading the league, Al's brother, in drawing penalties again. And he was up there last year, too. And, and there's a reason for that. And there's a, there's a massive positive in that for the Maple Leafs. When he's drawing penalties, he's playing well. You know what, what I thought about last night uh, during all of this and seeing Michael Bunting have the impact that he had was if he was healthy in that seven-game series last year, maybe would have went a different way. Yeah. And if they play again come April of this year, if he's healthy, maybe it can go their way. Because if you'll recall, he was coming back from that injury. He wasn't really a factor. He wasn't being a pest. He wasn't um, you know, factoring in offensively. And, and it just wasn't the Michael Bunting that we had come to, to grow and love, I suppose. As mm-hmm. That stretch run of that trio was really on fire. But we're starting to see that again this season. And last night, maybe his best game of the season, one of at the very least. And if he can bring that energy and bring that type of impact in a playoff performance against this team, who if the it was you know playoffs start today, that's who you're playing. I mean, if it's a coin flip series, as John Cooper alluded to yesterday, maybe that edge can get put on Toronto's side with uh, yep. with a healthy and impactful Michael Bunting. Yeah, for sure. I'll give you another stay, Al's brother. It's a little bit of a fashion stay. I want those Austin Matthews skates to stay, <laughs> baby. Those skates that are like yellow, green, and red in the spirit of the ugly Christmas sweater that I, you know, Austin Matthews wore into the rink. Uh, part of that whole sick kids charity thing. Yeah. It's a charity endeavor, but I, I'm I'm big on a little bit of flash in the skate department. The traditional black, and I know there's a lot of players. I'm sure I'm sure all the ex players that work for TSN Radio are, are rolling their eyes that I'm that I'm saying this, but I, I like skate fashion. I I wish skates were a little more daring. 
a la basketball sneakers. Yeah. I think I think the players want it too, or at least some of them do. But of course, we live in a world where if you wear yellow laces, a lot of guys want to take your head off, and <laughs> and and that's the old the old school hockey. And I'm not sure that's going to change. But maybe when you're Austin Matthews and you are one of the best players in the league, you can get away with it, and maybe you can maybe nudge it forward a little bit because well, I think it's fun. I know the NFL does a Mike Leeds, My Cause month um, where they auction them off for charity, and maybe the NHL can look into doing something like that with, uh, with their skates. So uh, we'll see. But I'm, I'm hoping that happens as well because it's nice to show a little bit of personality.